If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. The NFL regular season is here, finally. Like, oh my gosh, it's only taken 1,200 years from last January to early September here now. And welcome back to the official Colts podcast brought to you by WinBet. Blair Overton along, J.J. Stangovitz, I'm Matt Taylor. We're broadcasting on all the normal platforms, right? Colts.com, the Colts Audio Network, the Colts Mobile App, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts. But we're also live, video, in person, name with a face. Blair Overton, welcome to YouTube Podcasting. Well, it's great to be here. Yeah, this is fun. This is like, I feel like we're, I feel like we need like beverages or like refreshments or something here. It's like we, we're hanging we out in your living that. room. It's yeah. like, you know, our own va- version of the Manning cast. We need it's a mobile yeah. cast. Uh, the the Maytag cast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm in. The trajectory is only up, right? We'll get there. We'll hey, they get said there for uh, sure. The, they're doing a third guest on the Manning cast. Is that you? Uh, well, if, if it is, that's news to me. I don't know. <laughs> Who is it? Do we know? No, no. they haven't announced it Holy yet. Holy smokes. Yeah. we got time. Yeah, they were teasing it. Well, like I said, football is finally here. There's different waves of football coming back. We say that all the time, right? In the spring, the OTAs, the mandatory mini camp, we say football's back. Well, kind of not really, right? We still have a ways to go. Training camp, preseason games, but no, football is officially back. Yeah, that's we just that. like the appetizers that they trickle out before you get to no like doubt. your meal. Before you get to the steak, it's the shrimp cocktail, right. and a little Caesar salad, They're leading and you bread, up. And my my it, problem is that. Now steak. bring me the filet. Yeah, it's but it's not... I mean, like, look, I'm a guy who, like, fills up on the charcuterie board before, like, the good stuff comes out. I can't do this. That's totally different. This is like you just threw out some, like, Ritz crackers. And we're like, here, have, like, Ritz crackers. Yeah, you threw out Lunchables for your charcuterie board. And now we're into the real stuff here. It is a perfectly cut, seared steak with no ranch, mind you. Ah, there you go. You did it. You did the bit. Week one of of the NFL regular (laughs) season. We had that weird week of... The end of the preseason before the regular season, but it is full steam ahead. So we are loaded up today on this podcast, as always, as we said, brought to you by WinBet. We're going to talk about our bold predictions, and we're keeping receipts. So if you're wrong for the next 18 weeks, Lara, we're going to we're going to hammer you. We're going to let you know. The entire YouTube audience will hold us accountable right. in the comments. Yeah. I'm sure you have to know everything that's going to happen for this <laughs> Colt season right now for the next you know three is, four is months. Is this also a crystal ball? This can I? Yeah, please. Like the mat- please. Yeah. Turn it, it over. Says, it says maybe, you know, things are in your favor. Try again right there. later. Yeah. Also, Kenny Albert is going to join us. The longtime play-by-play man uh, for Fox. He's been there every single year that Fox has had rights to NFL games. He's called over 475 games mm-hmm. play-by-play wise for Fox. He's going to be on the call on Sunday, Colts and Jaguars at Lucas Oil Stadium. So as a play-by-play guy, really looking forward to that conversation. I could tell you geeked out on that. I did. A little bit. I did. That was, yeah. that was good. Yeah. We kind of shared in that the, that preparation and spotting charts and you know all the kind of the, the pain and suffering that goes into getting ready for a game 
that gets you ready for the final exam, if you will, Hold which on, is on, the three-hour broadcast. On the spotting chart, one note really quickly is in the preseason, Matt Taylor's spotting <laughs> chart is a FedEx special. It is. It is the size of a poster board. It is. No, it's a billboard. Mm-hmm. It's there, actually a billboard, It yes. is actually a billboard that you have to run down, <laughs> yeah, to the FedEx on the south side, get it custom printed because you have so many guys. So I think it's – this is like the championship for play-by-play guys when you're like, I have a 53-man roster really that I have is. to worry about. This is incredible. I have an official depth depth chart that really I can is. lean on. I mean, you know? going, going, only having to memorize six wide receivers <laughs> compared to 37, <laughs> seemingly, and, you know, 15 tight ends, obviously I'm being facetious. But, no, I mean, when you do get that first regular season roster and that depth chart – you're just like, where did everybody go? That first well, regular season practice. I'm like, that we yeah. go out there it feels last like no week, one's and I'm there. like, where is everyone? 100%. Well, in Philly, I was like spotting, and I'm like calling out like 47. And Mate is like, there's no 47 on here. Like Philly had yeah. added a guy the day before. That's right. Like, that always happens That's right. in the preseason. Yep, yep. got to fill in that uh, that flip card there with some of the <laughs> roster moves. Okay, speaking, no such trouble this week. Speaking of roster moves. None are happening as we speak right now, so that's good. We have a pretty good idea of who's going to be out there on Sunday for this Colts team week one. But let's make some bold predictions. JJ, you're going to hammer these just like like Larry is. I I have a feeling you guys are going to be on the same page with a lot of these uh, categories, if you will. But uh, first bold prediction going into the season, I need your biggest rookie Contributor for 2023, not named Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Do we go at team. the same time? Like so. I mean, like it's like, we know who we're going. Josh we want Downs, to say it on right? yeah, Josh, Josh Downs. Downs. Yeah, I'll let you take Josh Downs. I want to just throw some other guys out who All I right. think will contribute. I think when you look at the fit that he is within this Steichen scheme, he is such an asset for what he can be in complement to the athleticism of Anthony Richardson, the dynamic of this offense. He's a bit of a different type of weapon than we've seen within this offense in the last few seasons. And what was really impressive to me was he told me going into the Buffalo game that he missed like several months coming into start of training camp because he had that procedure. He had that knee injury that he was rehabbing from all of that, that they were aware of coming out of college. And so those things that he had to work back into shape, a few of them, like most of it came really quickly to him because he has just such incredible speed and the things where he didn't have that like large, you know, climb up where you're like, Oh, it's going to be this very gradual ascension. Like he came in day one and was making plays. And I think that you thought, initially oh it'll take him a little a little time to come in because he didn't have as significant time in minicamp as some of the other guys did but he and Anthony have an incredible that's it uh, right there that's mm-hmm. that relationship yeah. that they have yep. uh, incredible trust between the two of them there's this like unspoken communication that I think is going to be really exciting I mean you kind of think about and you know you don't want to draw too many compa- comparisons but think back to from the get-go, out of the gates, the Luck-Hilton connection and what mm-hmm. that looked like because you had two guys within the offense, same draft class, who came right in, and they just immediately clicked together, and that's something that I see as being really exciting for the offense. The way that Josh Downs sees things is is so impressive. I mean, you can tell he's a coach's kid, right? Yeah. His dad's a coach, has played in the NFL. Um, and it's that that unspoken bond you talk about, Lara. Like they see, They both see a coverage, and it's, okay, if they do this, you do that. And Josh Downs does a lot of stuff on like option routes where you read the coverage and you run a route based on the coverage. And that connection he has with Anthony on those, that's that's so important to not have to, you know, rep it and say like, 
okay, if they do this, like I need you to do this. It's sort of like, yeah, we both already know like what you're, what the other one's going to do. Um, the, the guys I want to highlight here, since we talked about downs, I have three guys who I think are going to contribute. I got Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones. I knew it. Yeah. Like right off the bat, he's the cornerback out of that group of the three who the Colts drafted, who was the, the most available during the camp. GM most most available. You, the GM acknowledges Jalen Jones during his press conference. As the reason why Darius Rush is no yeah. longer on this team. Most available, which goes into health. Yep. Consistency. And I think I think early on, too. Defense and special, and special teams, teams yeah. yes. so important. 100%. And, and he's not going to probably start from week one. Yeah. But, you know, look, Brents, Juju Brents, who's also on this list, him and Jones are going to be pushing Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker all season. Those guys are going to continue to compete in practice, and you see the talent that they both have. There might come a point where the Colts figure out, we need to figure out a way to get these guys on the field not because of anything that maybe Dallas or Daryl are not doing well, but because, right. man, I mean, they're just they're making play after play. And I think, Mate, you're right. The special teams, huge part of it. Next guy going into that is Evan Hall Yeah, for me. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it last week. Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator of the Colts, was talking about Evan Hall and said he was pleasantly surprised with how Evan Hall has picked up some stuff in protection. Mm-hmm. Like for rookies, they usually don't do a lot of that. Yeah. College, you come in you don't do a ton of stuff in protection. Maybe you'll block a linebacker if you know a blitz is coming, but it's not as intricate as you're going to get in the NFL. He had a huge win in Philadelphia. Oh, I mean, he rocked that dude, that blitzer coming in. I, that, I was on the sidelines like 50 feet away and felt it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. But, like, you want to get on the field as a rookie running back who maybe isn't going to be the number one guy. You got you to block. A, that's a surefire way to not see the field exactly. if you're not exactly. good at it. And right? Evan Hall's a he's a very good pass catcher. That's established coming out of Northwestern. He sure. had 88 catches his last two years there. But he's a guy who, if, if you say, all right, hey, maybe he's your third down back yeah. to start off because you trust him to go block a blitzing guy Help out Anthony, who Anthony's going to see blitzes he's never seen before. And it's going to be on the O-line to get the protection right, but then Evan Hall to get that block correctly and go at the right angle and keep that guy to Anthony's face. I think that gets him on the field. In addition, then, to you can throw him the ball and feel comfortable that he's going to catch it and make a play on it. I want to double back to the Josh Downs conversation, and this is just sort of a tangent, but what I think... Are you doubling down? I'm, I'm doubling down doubling and downs. doubling back, right? <laughs> so I'm all over the place here, okay? Like I'm driving the car the wrong way, going down 37. I'm going <laughs> south in a northbound lane. But I, I think he represents a skill set and talent the Colts just have not had on their roster in a long, long time, that true slot receiver. Obviously, Isaiah McKenzie can do a lot of the same things, and they're kind of interchangeable to a degree. We've talked a lot about how they have different skill sets, right? They're not exactly the same player. No, no two players are. But I think what Downs has to bring to this offense and what the Colts desperately need within this offense is yak, yards yeah. after the catch. I mean, last year – the, the Colts' number as a, as a team collectively from their wide receivers last year, their yards per catch, I think, was like 9.7, yeah. which was – I mean, that's I think that's a, a franchise low number. I mean, they've got Pittman on the outside, who's obviously a great possession receiver, that big body guy. Pierce, we think, is going to be that designer, go route, go ball, right, go, go up and get it on the sidelines type of receiver. But they need big plays from their slot in terms of – of Josh Downs being able to go seven, eight yards and turn that into a 15, 20-yard explosive mm-hmm. play and a first down to help the overall efficiency of this offense and, again, a skill set they just haven't had for a long time. And I think for all that we have seen – I never know who to look to, by the way. <laughs> you know, we're, we're working I'm through like it. I'm like this linebacker head on a swivel, you know? 
that's what I'm doing right here. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I think that for all that you see on display with Josh, with the incredible speed and this phenomenal route running and the hands and all of those different things, like what allows him to do exactly that mm -hmm. is he has this inherent like nastiness about him. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean that in the best way possible. Like it is a grittiness where he's a dog. Like he's going to go toe to toe. He's going to battle guys. He's going to toss people, you know, like off his body yeah. and he's going to fight. And I think that that is something that, especially as like a passionate, fiery young head coach, that's what you want to build your roster around. You want to build your offense around kind of guys who are willing to do those type of things. Cause Josh Downs is not afraid of a match. Up that he's going to have no coming doubt. in. Very instinctual player. Runs yeah. very good yeah. routes. And as I think you said it, great rapport with uh, Anthony Richardson so far. Those guys are roommates in training camp. We know about the story in the mm -hmm. spring in the parking lot, hanging out, throwing the ball around. All right, staying with you, LO. Yeah. Breakout player in 2023. We're making bold predictions for the entire season. I need the breakout player for the Colts in 2023 either side of the ball doesn't one matter one of the topics we have spent so much time on this offseason what have we talked about Colts need a pass pass rush right Indeed. consistent pass rush yep. my guy's quitty pay I think that this is the year that you see Quiddy have that breakout year he's been building toward it you certainly have seen um games where he has been an incredible force on the edge I think this is the time where especially health being a significant factor for him being able to stay on the field i think that will lend it to this being a huge year and it needs to be you need to have that established kind of wrecker off of the edge he's had time now playing beside grover stewart and deforest buckner and you know last year it was unique and gakwe out there as well now i think it's really quitty's time to shine and embrace being that guy i mean quitty had six sacks in 12 games last year it really is for me the health yeah, that if missed he five can, games. Right. If he, yeah. if he can be on the field for 17 games, and like hearing from him this offseason, like that, that's something that really ate at him. Mm -hmm. And it, it really kind of motivated him. He trimmed him. down, right. he said. Yeah. He said he lost some weight. He can mm -hmm. see his abs again. He, now he also said, too. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> pull the shirt up. Direct quote from 51. I can see my abs again. Um, he also said, I thought this was, this was telling, that he wasn't solely – a power rusher. He could now also yeah. be a speed rusher. He's and that, that was an element. Too, yeah. mm -hmm. That was that element that he'd been incorporating. And you talk about like instinctual players and smart players. Like I do think Quiddy has all of those factors to be a very special guy on the end. I know you're going offense. Yeah. So who did Chris Ballard mention first? Last week went so uh, so uh, let me guess. Go ahead. Let me so but, but let me just I would just want to tee it all up right. for the listeners before right. you take a guess. So Last week, Chris Ballard's press conference was mostly about Jonathan Taylor, right? He was asked mostly about Jonathan Taylor. And he talked about how it's kind of a shame that we haven't talked about some of the guys who have really stood out this training camp. Who was the first person he mentioned? Pretty sure it was Bernard. That is correct. It yeah. is Bernard Ryman, who yeah. is my breakout player for this season. I agree. Some of the stuff you he saw looks the from part, him. man. Oh, I mean. He looks the, the part. Like, he put on good weight. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about Quiddy Pay. I can see my abs again. Like <laughs> I, you put on good weight. That's same thing. I'm like, wow, it must be nice. I mean, he put on just like muscle, yeah. which I think is what we all kind of expected. You know, you get a year in like he had last year, rookie year. And then you get the, the NFL off season where you're not training for the combine. You're not training for your pro day. It's just, you are training to play week one. Let's get, Let's get you the the weight you need, the muscle you need. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I can't remember a time in training camp where I saw him really get That's beat. That's it right there. I'm sure I'm sure maybe there was a moment or two, but like like everyone, but that the preseason game against Buffalo where he just stonewalled Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, uh, you know, those Bills edge rushers who they're playing some some of their top guys. That obviously wasn't Von Miller who wasn't playing in that game. Right. But he looked really good in that game, hearing from Chris Ballard about him, just like having conversations with folks around here and it's like you see what Bernard's doing? That if you get that left tackle spot solidified, right. where I'm not saying he's going to be a you know a Pro Bowler, he's not going to be perfect, pro- right? Right. But yeah. the thing with Bernard last year was he was good, but when he wasn't perfect, he gave up a sack. It, it, it came in those big moments. Right. Unfortunately, his mistakes were accentuated because of when the mistakes happened. Right. Right. But, Fourth quarter, yeah. two minute drills, games on the line, directly impacts the Colts. Not scoring. Play-to-play basis, though, he was good. It wasn't like he was getting beat every single time he was out there, and it wasn't like he was getting picked on by opposing defenses. He faced a gauntlet of guys last year, too. You're talking about Alex Highsmith, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, some of those guys who they faced at the end of the year. I think what you saw from him last year, though, was he's a solid player who needed to get stronger, improve his technique. What have we seen from him? He's gotten stronger. He's improved his technique. I think that tees him up to have a breakout well, year. That's also a testament to, to the work of Tony Sperano yes. Jr. and how well Bernard Tony! has taken to him. I mean, <laughs> talk to any offensive lineman. If you want to get an offensive lineman in this building mm-hmm. talking, ask them about Coach Sperano and the impact that he has made. And these guys will give you so much content because they absolutely love him. They play hard for him. And I do think that Bernard is going to be one of kind of the greatest recipients of the tutelage that Coach Sperano has brought in. All right, bold prediction, last one before we get to uh, to Kenny Albert. Also, we're coming up, we're going to break down the lingering questions we have for this team. A lot of unknowns, obviously. You, you fully just don't know about an NFL team. I mean, you got training camp, you got preseason games, but there's just things that you just don't know about your squad before you play an actual regular season game. Uh, Kenny Albert coming up. JJ, I need your most impressive defensive player in 2023. When we're sitting here doing this podcast on January 15th, Mm -hmm. let's say, after week 18 of the NFL regular season, hopefully within that podcast talking about an NFL wildcard game or what have you. But I need the most uh, impressive defensive player for the entire year in 2023. So I'm going to take someone who you might say, well, that's obvious, but I don't want to take this guy for granted, and that's DeForest yeah, Buckner. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, so I was like waffling between three, so I'm glad you yeah. went first because I mean, that's uh, certainly a guy who's in there. DeForest Buckner is just really good. He's a really good football player, doesn't miss any time. He's tough as nails. He gets sacks. He gets pressures. He affects the run. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And I think sometimes when, when you get a player who's this good for this long, and you're just like, yeah, Buck's good. Like, no, Buck's great. Let's just remember how good, like, top level of a player DeForest Buckner is and not take him for granted. He's the leading sacker on this team since he arrived yeah. in 2020. But, I mean, he's had... defensive tackle. He's had at least seven sacks and double-digit TFLs every year he's been here. Yeah. Like, he, it's not just the, the pressures on the quarterback. It's he doesn't miss a, games. Yeah, and then he doesn't miss games. It's the, the partnership he has with Grover Stewart yep. where you can't run the ball up the middle. I mean, that, to me, it's DeForest Buckner, and until it's someone else, it's DeForest Buckner. I, I kinda, so Grove was one that came into my mind, of course, because of just this incredible 
like gradual progression that he has been on year after year. I mean, he's kind of that guy that everyone looks to as this is a Pro Bowl player that doesn't get Pro Bowl votes because people just are not aware enough of the force that is Grover Stewart. I So I like Grover in this conversation. The guy I'm going to go with who is on a huge year, Kenny Moore the second. Yeah, I was thinking about him too. Kenny Moore the second. I think that this is this has been set up as his season to shine. He is now that elder statesman within that secondary. He has led that group for so long now. One of now the longest tenured Colts. One of the you know when you talk on about, defense, he is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. On so defense, Ryan Kelly yeah. um, offensively. Yep. And then you, of course, have Kenny. And I think with the group that he is now leading and the most veteran of, he's embracing that role as the leader. And he's had to adapt a lot. This is a huge testament to what Kenny has endured over the last year, the amount of growth, the amount of maturity he has shown. And I do think that this is a year where he's going to be called upon to do so many different things within this defense. And so I think that this is going to be an opportunity where he really kind of takes the bull by the horns and again, kind of goes back to mm -hmm. that Pro Bowl level that you saw him two years ago. Yeah, I think Kenny did a lot of introspection this offseason. Yeah, different guy. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, last year was not, the, he didn't have a single interception last year, and that really ate at him. And, you know, he admitted he didn't totally see eye to eye with Gus Bradley last year, but he, you know, took some time away after last season ended, mm -hmm. flushed it, figured out, okay, here's what went wrong, here's what I can do to help it on my end. Hearing Gus Bradley talk about Kenny Moore this year is like, this guy sets the pace of practice. He's a guy who, like you said, Lara, we're going to look to to do a ton of stuff on this defense. Absolutely, because also here's the thing with Kenny is, you know, Chris Ballard openly talked about how the, the Colts got trade offers for him. This is a big year for Kenny It took a Moore. lot of conversations to, for him to just stick around. Yes. For him to right. be here. And I think that he's kind of taken to that taking it as a challenge mm -hmm. and you know all right you want to finish your career out in Indianapolis I think that sets him up now for a year that could get him there you know when I wrote down the word impressive like when I was filling this out like word association impressive on defense is Zaire Franklin yeah because yeah. the dude just embodies you want to talk about a guy impressive. we take for granted you can talk yeah, about Depot. Right. like I kind of feel like we kind of have done that with with Zaire 100%. a little bit yeah I mean I was just blown away like his comments I know they're kind of in the past now a good month or so, but when he showed up to training camp and said, anybody can have one good year, mm -hmm. yep. but I'm destined to not be a one hit wonder, right? This ain't the Macarena. Okay. This isn't, you know, <laughs> your love by the outfield. Whoa, 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 what whoa, I like whoa, about whoa, whoa. you by the romantics. Okay. We're not doing that. Zaire Franklin isn't a one hit wonder. He's not going to be the answer to a trivia question. Like who led the Colts in tackles in 2022? He is bound and determined to not only back up what he did last year individually, but get this defense better in areas they've got to be better in. That's right? why Taking he's a four-year captain, away. too, because it's you know, not a flash-in-the-pan season. Fourth year that right. he's been elected as a captain on 100%. this 100%. I, I wrote a big story on him where I talked to Bobby Wagner, who's the one who told him anyone can have one good season. Yeah. And he and Bobby have a, a very tight relationship. And something Bobby Wagner, Wagner told me is he was like, Zaire's always had this in him. Mm -hmm. He's like, I would watch his film and be like, he's going to be good. He just got to get a chance. And he got his chance That's last it. year. And now is the second chance. That's where talent and hard work meets opportunity. Yep. And you do not squander that. I think we can all get a good life lesson out of Zaire Franklin and what he was able to kind of turn himself into getting the first opportunity to start last year at linebacker. All right. 13 practices in at Grand Park. Joint work together with the Bears and the Eagles. Three preseason games. We still 
I mean, there's still a lot that we don't know about this team. It's like Christmas Day or Christmas morning when you're under the tree, you're opening up all the toys, see what they can do, putting your batteries in, see how they function, see what kind of matches up with with uh, other things that you have. JJ, your biggest lingering question that you're most looking forward to seeing answered on Sunday. All right, let me follow that that line of thinking. Mom and Dad don't let you see the Christmas presents before Christmas They're all Day. wrapped up, yeah. I don't know what this offense is going to look like at all. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea, but I know I'm excited to see it. I know I'm excited to see what Shane Steichen's going to do when he's not holding anything back because it's preseason, and why the hell would you put anything on tape in the preseason? Especially when you have so much fresh that you can use to your advantage from a gamesmanship standpoint. I've been reading a couple things. Albert Breer wrote about this in SI. Um, There there are some people around the league who think the Colts are going to take some teams by surprise. At least early. Right. Yeah. Where, like, Mm-hmm. They're going to do some things that you don't. I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like, but <laughs> no. And the good news is, neither do the Jaguars. They have, uh, who knows? We'll see on Sunday, and that's going to be so exciting because, yeah, you know, I'm not. You can't really take a peek at your Christmas presents before Christmas. Uh, and Shane Steichen has done a very good job of hiding uh, those Christmas presents before opening them on Sunday. What do you got? Did I do a good job with that? You did. Thank you. Good analogy. Who are your offensive playmakers? Yeah, that is my lingering question. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of Alec Pierce in the preseason. I don't think he had a catch. Uh, Anthony Richardson and the entire offense, they only played nine series Mm -hmm. together. And in those nine series over the course of two games, they didn't play against any starters on defense from either the Bills or the Eagles. So that's that's it for me. Who are they? Who are your game changers yep. on offense outside of Anthony Richardson? He's going to provide certainly those exciting moments, and he is going to make plays. But in terms of everyone else around him, you've got to see people start to emerge as that go-to weapon or those go-to weapons. So yep. that's that's you know wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, everybody. I think all good answers, and I, I know I talked about it last week on the podcast, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's can you rush and cover? You mm-hmm. know, I mean – can you generate enough pass rush from your front four? And, J.J., if you can't get it, how creative do you think you need to be right. under Gus Bradley to bring some more pressure? Because, you know, traditionally he doesn't like to do that. Yeah. Do you have to become more of a blitz-heavy team? Do you have to yeah. play more too high safeties to keep a, you know, a, a shell on the defense? <clears throat> the one thing I will say with Gus Bradley is last year he did tweak some things in how he plays coverages, how he rushes. Right. He still is not, you know, he's not going to blitz a whole lot. We know that about him, but you know, Colts did some different things. You think about that game against Mahomes, uh, they kept him in the where, well. And you talk about you talk about surprises. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes Mahomes and that Andy Reid offense, they'd gone against Gus Bradley for the last like five seasons, and all of a sudden Gus comes out throwing flamethrowers and they hold the Chiefs to 17 points. I also think it's advantageous to start this season that this defense has been having to go up against Anthony Richardson and a dynamic mm-hmm. athletic quarterback with yep. an incredible arm, but playmaking ability with his legs as well. I think that's going to be something when you look at the first part of your schedule and you're talking about Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson, like – that is really going to help this defense. The fact that they've had to look at Anthony Richardson since, you know, right. April, or I guess May, of course, when he got in the building and you started OTAs and minicamp. So I do think that that's going to be a benefit. And you've probably had to tweak some things based on what you were able to see and the looks he was able to give you in, in training camp. Yeah, huge year for Quiddy Pay, your guy that you picked on the defensive Mike. side of the ball. Huge year for Samson Abacom, right? Let's yeah. see it in free mm-hmm. agency. Let's see it a- again, you know, Daiwa Dangbo and – who is your NASCAR package on obvious passing situations, on those obvious passing downs 
Can you leave Grover Stewart in? Does Dio Adangbo need a kick inside? Where does Tyquan Lewis factor into that? How much, you know, how, how much of a propensity to blitz and send extra people do you need to have early in the season to generate pass rush? Because at times last year, that same unfortunate bugaboo that we saw in years past under Matt Eberflus, the high completion percentage, that crept into areas last year. You want to see that eradicated with the <coughs> rush being able to help the coverage, especially in the back end when you have a lot of new faces, guys taking on much bigger roles, Dallas Flowers, Daryl Baker Jr., and then not to that huge, severe of a degree, but you do have Julian Blackman a new position. switching yeah. positions, going from uh, free safety to strong safety. Yeah, no, it's a really good point, and yep. we'll see. We'll fi- I, I, I'm so excited we're finally going to get to see it. <laughs> Only <laughs> a few more days before we finally have Seriously, because I've been like so, so agitated. Like I was t- texting Mayte because I was like watching IU and it's like, it I'm should so, be here. I'm so ready to go. I'm we so should ready be here. I'm, I'm watching college football yeah. this weekend and I'm like, ah, I wish this were the NFL. 100%. <laughs> I love college football. Ah, I wish this were the NFL. Yeah. Big year for the Russian cover. It's also a big year for our guest today on the podcast, Kenny Albert. As we said, 30 years, right? Three decades calling NFL games, not for like three different companies, three different organizations, all for the same place. That would be Fox. And he's called over 475 games in the NFL. Only guy currently calling games for all four major sports in North America. NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and love his stuff on the NHL. So great conversation earlier today. Myself and J.J. Stankovitz with the great Kenny Albert. He's going to be on the call on Sunday. Colts and Jaguars, week number one. We're going to see him at Lucas Oil Stadium. Joining us now, longtime NFL play-by-play man. 30 years on the job, in fact. 30 years this fall calling NFL games. That would be Kenny Albert on the phone with us. Kenny, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. And it's really hard to believe that it's 30 years. I remember the first game like it was yesterday back in September of 94. So not sure where all the time's gone, but uh, great to be headed to Indianapolis to get started this Sunday. I mean, that's, that's remarkable. I mean, did you have any idea in 1993, 1994, did you have any idea then that you'd, be, you'd still be doing it at the same place three decades later, still doing it at a high level for the same entity, if you will? Well, it, it was such an exciting time back then. Uh, back in late 93, Rupert Murdoch and his uh, uh, Fox network, which did not have a sports department at the time, right. uh, decided to make a, 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 an unconventional, uh, unexpected, crazy bid on the NFC package, which CBS had owned for 35, 38 years. And when this was announced, you know, I think sports fans and the the sports media world uh, were in shock because, uh, like I said, Fox did not have a sports department. There were jokes about uh, who's going to be up in the booth, Bart Simpson. And (laughs) at the time, uh, time, immediately, immediately they hired uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden, two of the best all time, uh, calling the NFL. And then. They brought in Dick Stockton and Matt Millen from CBS as the number two crew. And the executives at Fox decided to take a chance on some really young play-by-play broadcasters at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm proud to say that, as you mentioned, I'm heading into year 30. Uh, Joe Buck was hired then. He's had a Hall of Fame career, uh, 28 years at Fox, and now at Monday Night Football. Uh, Tom Brenneman was 25-plus years at Fox, and Kevin Harlan who was also part of that group, Yeah, uh, was only at Fox for 
four or five years, but he's had an unbelievable career at CBS and TNT. So um, I'm not sure I would have believed it if you said it back then, but um, Fox, you know, made those decisions and took a chance on a number of us. And uh, here we are talking about it uh, 30 years later, 30 seasons later. Kenny, this is going to be your 477th NFL Network broadcast, um, which I, I, I read your bio. That's eighth most all time, which is, I mean, what an accomplishment. What still gets you, like, what still gets you going through going through the process of getting a broadcast on the air and, you know, presenting a football game to millions of fans watching around the country? Right. Again, it's hard to believe. I know there's a, a gentleman in the Midwest who keeps track of those numbers and, um, hit 450 a couple of years ago and um, I guess closing it now at 500, but it's still so exciting to get ready. And I love the preparation. So, you know, when I sat down, obviously I've been watching and paying attention and reading during the the preseason, but really every Monday morning during the NFL season, when I sit down and start the preparation, I have a checklist that I go through uh, similar to what you guys do. I'm sure getting ready for every game and it involves uh, doing a lot of reading, watching prior games, uh, preparing charts, going through uh, press releases and statistics, and then later in the week um, going to a team practice, mm-hmm. which our crew will do uh, with, with the Colts on Friday, and then we'll sit down with four or five players and coaches, and then we'll do the same thing with the visiting team when they get into town, uh, the Jaguars on Saturday. And um, it's really a team effort. Um, you know, myself, Jonathan Vilma is my analyst, uh, Shannon Spake, one of the best sideline reporters in the business, and then our producer, Fran Morrison, director Brian Lilly, and then the the broadcast associate who uh, prepares all the graphics, Cody Novak, and Caden Pfeiffer, who's the associate director. So, you know, we travel as a pack every weekend, and we all come from different places, and uh, we'll get into Indy on Friday, and we'll we'll be together until we uh, our flights take off on Sunday night. So that your crew really becomes like your family for sure. the 18 weeks during the NFL season. Yep. I probably spend more time with them and have more meals with them than I do with my actual family. But uh, to get back to the original question, I love the preparation, uh, getting ready for the broadcast, preparing the charts, um, you know, reading about some of the new players and coaches, obviously, and uh, putting the storylines together. And then, like I said, we'll meet with, with players and coaches from both sides. And then we'll sit down on Saturday night and have our own production meeting and, mm-hmm talk about some of the key storylines that we want to hit on. And, you know, when you mention that number, whether it's the 30th season or the 476 games, just so many memories. You know, I get asked often about favorite games, and I I do have some in each of the sports that I've been fortunate enough to call. But in the NFL, there are are moments that stand out. Um, I had the game when Terrell Owens stopped on the Cowboys star, for example, (laughs) uh, back in the early 2000s. I had the, the Michael Vick. Uh, 46-yard zigzag touchdown run in overtime yep. early in his career up in Minnesota. Uh, the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown against the Jets to propel the Giants into the playoffs back in 2011. They eventually won the Super Bowl. So there, there are just so many moments that stand out um, etched in my memory. And uh, just last year, uh, we had the, uh, the crazy ending in Vegas, the Patriots-Raiders, the, the laterals and the Chandler Jones interception with no time left at the clock. So uh, when you step into the booth on Sunday, on any given Sunday, as they say, you never know what you might see. I, I, I always wonder this because I, I see what Matt Taylor does to get ready for a broadcast. And I didn't know this coming in 
from someone who had just covered, you know, I was on outside media covering the Chicago Bears. And I thought, ah, you know, the broadcast folks at production meetings, they get the rosters together and like, that's about it. And the amount of work that, you know, you do that Matt does to get ready to put a broadcast on the air is something like, I still don't fully understand. <laughs> do you, do you, a lot of late nights, Kenny, right? right. A lot of late nights. Do you, I mean, Kenny, do you find that like, you know, your friends and I mean, obviously you come from a, you know, a, a, a good broadcasting family, certainly. But do you find like people who, you know, are even like you do how much work? And you, you only see the, you know, the three, four hour product. Right. It's a great question. And I'm not sure that people outside the, the world of, of play by play or broadcasting would would even begin to fathom how many hours go into it. You know, if it's right. Matt preparing for uh, each and every Colts game or uh, our crew preparing for the games that we go in to do on Sundays, I've never really added it up. But for a typical NFL game, it's probably 20, 30, 40 hours total. Yeah. Um, when I put together, you know, the time at home or wherever I might be Monday through Thursday on planes, yep. in airports, in hotel rooms, in taxis and Ubers, I'm always, uh, you know, trying to take advantage of the time reading whenever I can. And then, you know, the Friday, Saturday, when we're in the, in the city and, and going to the practices and meetings and just sitting around talking about it. So uh, the average fan would not, uh, would not be aware, you know, we don't just show up at 1259 uh, on a Sunday with, with <laughs> rosters and, and step into the booth. But, you know, I always tell people, uh, friends, family, and, and broadcasting students who might ask the question, um, we're, we're so fortunate. I'm sure Matt would agree. Even though there's a lot of work and travel involved, they never really feel like I'm working. It's sure. fun work. Sure. Um, watching, watching other games and, and reading about sports and talking about it with, with colleagues and, um, if you don't mind me giving a quick plug, I have a book coming out in October, and I've been working on it for the last three years. Just received the first copies uh, this past Thursday, so uh, really exciting time. And I, I talk about a lot of the preparation. There's a chapter that I devote to what goes into preparing for a broadcast and the checklist that I go through uh, for each and every game that I work. What's what's the name of the book, Kenny? So the book's called A Mike for All Seasons, and it's MIC, like a microphone, sure, and the sure. I in mic is actually a microphone on the front cover. <laughs> and, you know, always thought about doing it. And then during the pandemic, when we were all home, not doing too much, um, put together an outline and started to write some sample chapters and actually did it myself. No ghostwriter. I've always enjoyed writing and yep. wanted it to be my voice, my words, and um, tell a lot of stories about, about some of the memorable games, including the ones I just mentioned to mm -hmm. you guys. Um, there's some travel tales, you know, travel stories. We all have <laughs> some of those in our back pocket. Right. Um, growing up, you know, around sports casting, um, as you mentioned, with, with my father and two uncles who were play-by-play -play broadcasters, and then uh, getting, getting my first job calling minor league hockey and, and riding the bus for two years, you know, six, eight, ten-hour bus rides with the team, and an experience that I, I look back on uh, so fondly. would never trade those two years in for anything. And then the early years at Fox and um, with the NHL and Madison Square Garden and working down in Washington as well, you know, right, right up until um, <laughs> I was able to include that crazy Raiders-Patriots game, uh, snuck it in after the deadline. So mm -hmm. it's a compilation of stories from the last 30-plus years, and uh, uh, hopefully you guys can check it out. No, absolutely. Again, that is a mic for all seasons. The book is coming out soon with Kenny Albert, who joins us. Great segue because – you're the only broadcaster going right now, currently handling play-by-play, -play, 
for all four major U.S. sports, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. I love your NHL stuff. I mean, I love everything, obviously, but I love how how good you are NHL-wise. But um, you, you've had, with the NFL, you've done every team at least three times, some teams in the NFC, Kenny, at least 60 times. Do you know which team in the NFC you've done the most? I know they tallied it up a couple of years ago. Um, I, I, my my guess would be, uh, I'll throw out uh, the New York Giants, right? Atlanta and Arizona as probably the teams <laughs> that are up there as far as fifty or sixty times through the years. You know, thirty years it would only be two per year, right, for a specific team. So, right, right. Um, once in a while, we'll get four or five games of a specific team one year. We actually had sort of an anomaly, three Colts home games two years ago. I remember Um, that, yeah. You know, as you guys know, things have changed a little bit as far as the television rules. So there are more crossover games, AFC games on Fox and NFC games on CBS. So we actually had your first two games two seasons ago and then a a, a late-in-the-season game against the Raiders. Um, But, no, as far as uh, uh, the question, no, I appreciate the kind words about hockey and and so fortunate to – I've worked many years with NBC and now with TNT and great partners and Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones the last two years and now Brian Boucher coming in this year. And we had the opportunity to call the Stanley Cup final Vegas and Florida. But uh, no, real fortunate to be involved in all four uh, with Madison Square Garden. I also do uh, Rangers radio and then fill in on some mixed TV games. And right. um, as, as I cover in the book, actually, th- there are many others who have done all four. I guess I'm the only one currently, yep. and and it's really a, a product of, uh, you know, the the networks that I work for, Fox, obviously football, and then I do some baseball as well, and then hockey with MSG and Turner, and and basketball for MSG. But right there, there are so many other great broadcasters out there, you know, that have done two or three different sports, um, you know, whether it's a Mike Tirico, Sean McDonough, um, Ian Eagle, you know, I, I can go on and on. Uh, but I'm very fortunate sure. to be involved and, and love, love, really love all four. And uh, one, one more note on the book, if you don't mind, uh, the forwards, very honored to have had uh, a couple of colleagues in the broadcasting world, but also, you know, among the greatest athletes of all time, uh, Wayne Gretzky and Walt Clyde Frazier oh. uh, <laughs> uh, wrote the forwards to my book. So <laughs> Not bad. it's Not kind bad. of surreal. It's, it's surreal to look on the cover and see their names yeah. on there. Well, last couple ones from me, you, you talk about, your father and, and coming from that great broadcasting family, if you will. I think the story goes, your mom and dad gave you a tape recorder when you were like five years old to practice play by play, to, to kind of scratch that itch as a youngster. And then by the age of 14, you're keeping stats. You're the official stat guy or stat kid in this case for the Rangers, the New York Rangers on radio for the radio broadcasts. Like, did you know, Again, at the five, six years old, did you know like I was going to become Kenny Albert coming from the family that you, you come from? Well, they, they did give me the tape recorder okay. as, as a birthday present. Um, I don't think they necessarily, you know, I, I was never <laughs> once told you have to do this or you have to go into of course, right. broadcasting. Um, but they, they did give me a toy tape recorder, and then I took it upon myself to start announcing games off the TV in my bedroom. And, right. you know, just growing up around it, uh, you learn so much via osmosis and Mm-hmm. I equated to uh, kids who have parents as doctors and lawyers, and, and so many go into their parents' professions, uh, you know, not in the broadcasting world, but in so many other walks of life. So, you know, growing up around it, getting to go to games and tag along and, and keep stats for him, as you mentioned, um, 
it was just so valuable. And yes, I always wanted to do it. I remember back when I was, uh, you know, that age, five, six, seven, yep. um, it was just so much fun. And I would, I would bring my friends to games. And then the real, the really big break, which, which I also write about in the book when I was in 10th grade growing up on long Island. So this would have been, uh, uh, January of 84. I was about to turn 16 at the time, a local cable station, Cox cable of great neck from a neighboring town came to my school to film a girls basketball game. And they had two cameras, a production van, and that was it. Yeah. So I was introduced to the producer and, and he said, uh, we don't have any announcers. Do you want to do the play by play? So I said, sure. They clipped a microphone onto my <laughs> shirt and I sat in the third row and all the people around me probably thought I was crazy talking to myself. Uh, but I did have a microphone on me. Yep. And then after the game, I chatted with the producer again. We spoke on the phone the next day, and he offered me the opportunity to call uh, so many games the next two and a half years, probably 75 to 100 games all around Long Island, high school, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, soccer, uh, some Division three college games as well. And I felt like I had such a head start because back then you couldn't really do any of that until college. Sure. Now there are so many great high school programs. So yeah. Yeah. Um, to the late Roy Menton, who hired me uh, back in 1984 for Cox Cable, uh, just just an unbelievable experience. And I would bring my friends along as the color analysts. So uh, <laughs> they would help out and um, really felt like getting those reps yeah. uh, w- went such a long way. Last one for me, Kenny. Just When you think about the scope of your career, so the first year Fox had the NFL, the starting quarterback of the Colts was Jim Harbaugh, who's now the head coach at the University of Michigan. He's 59 years old. Anthony Richardson was uh, eight years away from being born, and he's <laughs> going to start this game for the Colts on Sunday. Just when you think about the, the scope of the athletes you've been able to tell their stories and broadcast their games from – you know, the, the 30 years at Fox, just what kind of hits you of, you know, you kind of being the voice and the, the person in the room for so many fans who have watched the careers of everyone from Terrell Owens, you know, who you mentioned through now the first game Colts fans watch of a guy who they hope is going to be here for the next 20 years yeah. is Anthony Richardson. And you're going to be calling it. Well, it's funny you mention that because, well, first of all, I remember my first game so clearly it was, uh, yesterday was the anniversary. It was on nine four ninety four, and it was the L.A. Rams the year before they moved to St. Louis, mm-hmm. and now they're back, obviously, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Buddy Ryan and Chuck Knox were the head coaches. <laughs> uh, Jerome Bettis scored a touchdown in that game classic. for the Rams yeah, before, classic. before going to the Steelers. Yeah. But my first game in 96, year three, uh, was a Colts game, and one of the reasons I remember, I went on my honeymoon uh, in August of 96, and when my wife and I got back to our apartment at the time, uh, we had, you know, packages waiting from, from the teams for week one. Uh, and, and it was a Colts game. And, and what I remember, I, I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh started that game. I still, I save all my spotting boards, my charts. I could send you guys a picture of it. I could pull it out of my file cabinet oh, right after we're finished up here. Please do, please do, um, yeah. But what, what I remember actually was meeting for the first time in, in the production meeting, uh, Tony Saragusa. As part of our preparation for that game, yeah. and I would go on to work with Goose for eight years, uh, from 2003 was our first year together until uh, 2011 or 12. So, um, one one of my favorite people, um, you know, so sad last year when we all heard the news about Goose's passing, and I, I was so honored to uh, 
to deliver the eulogy at his funeral uh, last summer up in New Jersey, uh, not too far from where I live. But mm-hmm. uh, think about him each and every day, keep in touch with the family, and, and there's obviously the Colts connection. But but I remember sitting with, with Goose in the production meeting, uh, getting ready for that first game way back in 1996. One other thing on that game, Kenny, that was Marvin Harrison's NFL debut. Oh wow! Okay, I so, didn't remember that, but I would have uh, probably had that written down. I'm, uh, you know, in <laughs> no, my you had that. I'm sure you had that in your notes. You but, definitely had that. In I, but I will send you guys uh, as soon as we're done. I'll send you a picture of that. That's great. Uh, no. The spotting board from that game. It's amazing. Long time sports play-by-play man for Fox NFL wise has been at the same place for 30 years, over 475 games behind the mic. He and Jonathan Vilma, Shannon Spake. They're going to be on the call this Sunday, week number one, Colts and Jaguars. Anthony Richardson's debut, Trevor Lawrence on the field, Shane Steichen making his head coaching debut all at Lucas Oil Stadium. Again, check out that book that's coming out soon from Kenny. A mic for all seasons, and I'm sure you can get that wherever books are sold. Kenny, this was a great pleasure getting to to meet you on the phone, talking to you for the first time. I've admired your career and your work from a distance from for a long, long time. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. And best of luck all season here in 2023. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a great season. I'll see you Sunday out at the game. And it uh, should be an exciting year for the Colts, watching Anthony Richardson on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Shane Steichen obviously coming from a, a Super Bowl team. So right. hope you guys have a great year, and we'll see you there on Sunday. I appreciate you. Storylines abound with Kenny Albert. Thanks again, Kenny. Thanks, guys. Again, great conversation right there. Kenny Alberts from Fox on the call on Sunday. Colts and Jaguars, week number one. Check out his book, as he mentioned there, A Mike for All Seasons and just a wealth of knowledge, great stories. Obviously, he's been on the call for some signature moments over the course of uh, the last three decades in the National Football League. Closing it out here, back again with Lara Overton, J.J. Stankovitz, I'm Matt Taylor. J.J., hype it up. What are you going to be doing on Sunday? You're writing, you're talking, you're screaming third down. Mm-hmm. Lara, you're doing the same thing. I can hear you in my ear. I love every moment of it. Lara's like the air traffic controller for us on, on game day radio. It's oh, not- no shortage of like 50 we should have we should have like a separate broadcast channel like you know ESPN like the NCAA does. tournament yeah like, like, no. there should be like a, a separate channel where audio wise you can only hear Lara talking to that's me. like a that's, that's, like, a, I mean, that's like a police no. scanner it is no yeah one, it is no yeah no there's a crash here on the 30 go to me go to me <laughs> number Lara, 45 go. that's it in there on the crash that's it no but JJ you're number two uh on the PA yeah that's awesome yeah excited to do it excited to get back in front of our uh well not really you just hear me you don't see me, thank God, yep. uh, in front of our fans at Lucas Oil Stadium. And excited, it's going to be a good atmosphere. It really I mean, is. it's Anthony Richardson's it's NFL debut. It's a Mr. sellout. They just announced that's that incredible. Uh, yesterday, I think, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So. AR's debut. You got the defending division champs coming in. Perfect Saturday, Sunday at Luke Soil Stadium. Now here's the biggest lingering question. Is the roof going to be open? Is the roof, yeah, are the roof and window open? That's what everybody wants to I can't wait to check at Jim Irsay on Twitter. don't start. Oh, we got a long way to go. Can we consult Matt Gay? Would you like it open? Would you like it closed for the kicking circumstances? What would you like to do? No, but this is year five for us together. Yeah, this is season five of us together. I did the math the other day. If my math is correct, which is always kind of sketchy, but if my math is correct, I think the Bears game a couple of weeks ago in the preseason was my 100th game. 
Maybe. Hey, yeah. That's great. great. When you factor Move in. over, Kenny Albert. Yeah. Milestone yeah. Coming for that record. Yeah, that's right, baby. I only got 30 more years to go. <laughs> um, yeah, but between awesome. preseason, regular season, and, and playoff games, I think it's it was number 100 against the Bears. But that's five awesome. of my six years have been with you, lady. If, if you think our broadcast is okay or good or whatever, the reason why is because of the work behind the, she, the scenes, I should say, that she does uh, on on the field. You are on the much too gracious uh, because there is no one more prepared that is on a mic and play by play. We than have you fun. Are. We have a lot. We have a lot of fun. Venturi up there as well. It is seriously like you know. It's it's. Um, what is the Marvin Harrison quote? Like they pay me to practice, the games are free, That's right? It. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what it is. This is all the buildup. And to when you have an opportunity, and this is nothing I will ever take for granted. We take for granted DeForest Buckner. We take for granted Zaire Franklin. <laughs> what we don't take for granted is the privilege of getting to walk on a field on Sundays in the NFL yep. and get to call that. Yeah. You know, your job. We do. It's we, not a job. It is the greatest career and greatest gift so far professionally. And it's such a blast. And so glad we're back. We work 345 days <laughs> out of a year for these 20 game days <laughs> that we get, That's including true. the preseason, which right. it does count. That's right. That's for a little right. bit. What do they say? Life's life's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Oh, yeah. oh. oh yeah. Hey. chicken for soup thought. for the soul. Food for thought, yeah. <laughs> that's on your daily calendar, right? That's that's where that came from. All right, we're loaded up the rest of the week here on the podcast channel. Rick Venturi is back tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, tomorrow is Wednesday. That's when Inside Football with Rick Venturi is dropping the blueprints to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in week number one. Uh, the rest of this week, Wednesday and Thursday, on our flagship station in Indianapolis, radio-wise, 93.5, 107.5, the fan will have our daily update. The Colts official podcast, not one, but two during the regular season. We're coming back on Thursday. We'll have a Thursday edition of the same podcast. Myself and Casey Vallier and Bill Brooks will join me later in the week to hype up the Jaguars game. Friday with uh, JMV, 93.5, 107.5. The fan gets you ready on Colts happy hour for the weekend's festivities. And then we're thinking with the 1 o'clock game on Sunday, instant reaction. Oh, that'll be out Sunday night. That'll be, yeah, a Sunday night. That'll be out Sunday night. Absolutely. So a lot to get into audio-wise the rest of the week. And we hope that you enjoyed our first venture, our first foray, if you will, into the YouTube. So a brand new audience. They get to see Lara's lovely face. I don't know what you call this, JJ. No offense. But, it's uh, the, the you, ugly yeah, couch. It's yeah, it, this is the ugly couch. The Lara's over there on her own island, <laughs> rightfully so. But uh, thank you so much for joining us here on YouTube, the Colts Audio Network, Colts.com, and the Colts mobile app. We'll talk to you again on Thursday for the Thursday edition of the official Colts podcast brought to you by WinBet. Until then, so long, everybody. Thank you.